You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I am your host, Zim Hude, with half a voice. I felt like um, coming into this game or coming into this, this recap, I said Joey Burrow didn't even have a left pinky. Or, or I mean, I'm sorry, a right pinky. So for me, I was like, regardless, if I have a voice or not, I'm going to make sure that I give him my all because Joe Burrow wouldn't give up on us, so I'm not going to give up on him. Um, I'm really disappointed that the Bengals couldn't win a tough game today. I'm going to try to work with whatever voice that I have. We're a little injured here. Ace is out of town in L.A. Um, he did tell me he watched the game. I should have asked him for some notes, but we'll go right into this thing. I appreciate all you guys, uh, guys and girls, for checking us out. Please make sure you subscribe to Cincy Jungle's Facebook. Please make sure you subscribe to Zim Huda's YouTube and also New Stripe City on YouTube. Subscribe, comment on all of these posts. Uh, I think there are a lot of different things that come out of this game, but I always lead with the, the most important fact is that one team won, one team lost. One team was better today than the other team. I don't have excuses built up. I do feel like I have some realities of what's happening. I know that a lot of people were saying that, you know, the depth of the Bengals offensive line really showed his hat today. I thought that the offensive line looked really bad early on, but it was predicated on mistakes. And as the game kind of went along, they settled down, started to get their their snap count together, and a lot of different things started to work in their favor. I'm really, really proud of the depth that they have at those positions to be able to step in and actually play a football game where you can still throw your stuff. One of my bigger concerns is that when Joe got hurt, that they weren't having enough time to throw the ball down the field. He was still pushing the ball down the field. I know he didn't want to. If you missed it, Joe Burrow dislocated his finger today. We had a lot of different things happen. But coming into the game, uh, Trey Hopkins, your starting center, is out. Um, some would say average, some would say above average, but to have him not be there as the focal point of the communicator on the offensive line was huge. And it showed up really early on some of the missed blocks um, from Trey Hill early in the game, where it's just simply counting the line of scrimmage and letting guys come through free. I thought that that was very telling early on. And that's something that you can't really plan for the most part. I thought a lot of his snaps were really bad early on, but he came back. He he ended the second, the middle of the second, and all the way to the third quarter pretty strong. It wasn't until they got into a pass-first situation where I could start to really tell that they were hampered by that. I thought that um, on the edge, Prince 
did well in some spots, but early on, you know, you saw it early on, uh, it just it, it just wasn't working. And so those are the things that I worry about. In contrast, I will say this, though. The Chargers, when they were in their passing situations and we knew that they had to pass the ball, they didn't stand a chance. And we put a lot of pressure on them and forced three turnovers straight, and Herbert was super uncomfortable. And that's against their healthy uh, for the most part, their line is healthy. They had two guys that they're rotating in, but they had been playing with that. So to say that the Bengals' offensive line wasn't top tier, here we are getting beat by a team that came in. You know, they're trying to decide some things on their offensive line too, but they weren't hampered with injuries. But we saw when you put them in a pass setting, they weren't able to protect uh, 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 Herbert. And early in the game, I thought him being able to take deep shots was really, really important for them. And I think they limited that. They made the adjustments. The defense, even, even on the second series, when you give them the short field and you hold them down at three points, the defense did what they had to do. I thought the Chargers set the tone on that first drive. One of the things that I thought Herbert doesn't do well is Priest. He doesn't have many flaws. But one of his, one of his flaws is that pre-snap, he has trouble identifying looks sometimes. And I thought they did a really good job of going tempo. And when they went tempo to start off the game, it allowed them to see what the Bengals were going to do and go down the field, down the field, no pun intended, go bolt down the field. And when you bolt down the field, I think it set them up for success on that first early drive. And they did a really, really good job of going for that fourth down because a lot of teams would have gone for a field goal. Say that they don't go for a touchdown right there. What does that game look like? Do we ever get them to a 24-22? Perhaps we take the lead and the game looks a little bit different. You never know. You know, it, it, you know, is it a domino effect of events? I don't know. But I think mentally it set the tone and let them know that um, it is it, it, we're, win, lose, or draw. They're going to ball out. They know that we can put points on the board. That fourth down was huge. And I think that's a big play. Uh, that I, I, I look back at and I say it's really just as important as some of the big plays that we look at. I think a lot of times Bengals fans look at games just from their perspective. One of the, the traits that I have, although I do put on Homer glasses sometimes, right? One of the traits that I think that I'm really proud of is I have a good understanding of perspective and everything you got to understand that the other team wasn't slouches. This wasn't, this wasn't the Steelers, you know, arguably one of the worst teams in the National Football League. And it showed that this ain't Mike White either. If he takes the dump off, he'll take the dump off, but he's going to push the ball down the field and you better respect his arm. So you can complain all you want about, well, how do you let um, Mike Hilton go one-on-one down the field with Mike Williams? You know, there Lombardi gets paid money to – to put guys into um, in emotion and and, I, and, and and set up good play calling too. I thought them putting Mike Williams into a slot and putting them one on one with Mike Hilton early in the game was big, and that's a big thing from a strategy standpoint that I think Bengals fans don't really look at often. Before we get into what we didn't do well, we knew that they weren't going to be able to run the football between the tackles because there's only been two guys that have done that this year. That's been Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb. And arguably, I would say Nick Chubb's 130 yards came on a 75-yard run. 
And after that run, if you really deep dig deep into that game, the Bengals did a lot to stop the run later in the game. So in my mind, Aaron Jones and the Packers in my homer glasses is the only legitimate team that I really thought won a football game. They went and took it, even with Bengals having opportunities in that game. But we saw today what happens when you make mistakes with a really good team. Let's go straight to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase makes the biggest mistake that perhaps he's made the whole entire year. He has an easy walk-in touchdown, drops the touchdown, turns the ball over, gives them the ball. They come back and get, and get points. Huge play. No bigger play, I think, in the entire football game than that because that might be the difference between a win and a loss. Instead of Joe Burrow dropping all these things, are a domino effect. Instead of Joe Burrow dropping back 40 times with a busted up pinky, perhaps you make this you make this game with the the way that the the way that the game was going, perhaps you make this team this game more manageable and maybe Joe Burrow doesn't have to put himself in harm's way later in this game. And I think a lot of this game was predicated off of that Jamar Chase uh drop. Big drop, can't drop. But I will say this, Chiefs play later at 820. I bet my life on it. Tyreek Hill has a drop. Their fans don't turn on him. That's very key. Somebody messaged me on Twitter just now. They said, Zim, why is it so important that the fans, uh, you know, don't get down on Jamar Chase? It's not that we don't need to call him out because I expect Jamar Chase to do really great things, Right. But the most important thing is not to say he sucks or he's not that like that's stupid. That's stupid talk. He's he's still at the top of the AFC as far as any metric, any stat, broken tackles, anything. So by you taking Jamar Chase out of your game plan only helps your opposition. As you saw on that one play, he beats a man clean. What the Chiefs do and Andy Reid do is come right back and go deep again. Whether it's a good play or a bad play, you keep the defense honest. And I think a lot of teams and a lot of fans do this. They talk themselves out of their strong points. Jamar Chase is your strong point, whether he has 20 yards or 120 yards. He's a decoy at the very least. So we walk out of the game, he has eight eight targets, two drops, one one of those drops that I think people are talking about. I thought the play was uh, contested. Who cares? But the point is that they have to come back to those different things. And I think they're still waiting super late to come back to the bread and butter. For so many different times that we've seen the Bengals play the Steelers, Antonio Brown will have a bad play. At the end of the game, when it's time to go win the game, it, it you go right back to them. And one of the things that I want to talk about, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. When we go back to the end of the game, I'm going I'm to be a little harsh on Joe Burrow today too. When we go to the end of the game, Joe Burrow has this bad habit. I'm going to tell you this. He has a bad habit of holding the ball too long, which a lot of quarterbacks like himself do. They improvise way too much, and they they put themselves in harm's way. He improvises way too much or tries to, and he doesn't, and he gets hit, and he takes a lot of sacks. And at the end of the game, the fans say, well, the offensive line didn't hold up. Three out of those six sacks were just simply Joe Burrow holding the ball too long. He also has another bad habit of not throwing the ball away. When we go to the end of the game, the part that is so maddening to me on the interception, the game is there to be tied up. He goes there. 
And instead of going to just make the manageable play or throw the ball away, what does Joe Burrow do? He goes into that. Um, he goes into that play and he says, I want to go and get it right now and stab him right in the heart. And I get it. But he doesn't see Chris Harris underneath. But on that same play, to bring it all back full circle, Jamar Chase is running free three, four yards in front of him. He throws the interception, game's over. With that said, throughout the game, let's go backwards. I don't think the offensive line was good enough to win the game definitively. I think the offensive line was good enough to win a game. Some people talk to me and they say, well, their offensive line depth is not good enough. I disagree. I thought that offensive line early in that game with the penalties was the biggest detriment to the football team. They got to settle down. And, but, but still, it puts everything at a, at a magnifying glass. Those penalties were so crucial that it completely disrupts everything that you want to do as an offense for the whole entire game. So when you get to a point that you're 24 to nothing, you know what you got to do. You don't really have the luxury to run the football that much. And to take it a step further, the running lanes were horrible. That was the be- the worst running attack I think that we probably had in maybe six or seven weeks. So I'm really, really disappointed at the run attack this game early in that game. But once you get down 24 nothing, you got to throw the football. And when they made their comeback, credit to the defense that stood strong hard. I, I know the Bengals, the, the, they relinquished 41 points. Six of it, you know, on a scoop and score. Or, I mean, sorry, seven of it on a scoop and score. I get it. And I'm sorry if this, if this pod is tough for you. I think I'm making it a point to say this. Joe Burrow's finger could be hurt. Joe Mixon could be hurt. Awuzie could be hurt. T. Higgins could be hurt. When I walk away from games, I don't have excuses. When I walk away from this game and I walk away from this pod and I walk away from my Bengals fandom, I'm never going to live with excuses and I'm never going to tell myself I gave up on this team. And I couldn't, I couldn't give up on a pod that I just had to talk. It's not like I'm, I'm playing, you know, football. So I apologize for my voice, but I couldn't give up on the pod. I promised everybody I would record this show. I promised Ace I would do this show. So here I am. So let, uh, that's the last time I'm going to talk about my voice. Sorry again if you're listening to this and I sound terrible. I scream my heart out. There were a lot of times that in this game, I just thought that once the script goes away from you, everything that you thought that you wanted to do, it gets taken away from you. And because they went down 24 points, I think one of the things that I tweeted was, wait, b- before this game, a lot of people say the Chargers run defense is bad. I get it. <clears throat> It's not that it's the – it is bad. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The run defense is bad. But if you look at the charges for the last four or five weeks, it hasn't been the worst in the league. And I cautioned everybody before the game started. I said everybody's banking on them going for 100-plus points because we've been running the ball so uh, good. But you know one thing that can stop um, a team that's running the football very good is go out and get a lead on them and make them become pre- predictable. So that's what the Chargers did, and they did a really good job of it. Mike Williams has been one of the best deep threats in football this whole entire NFL season. If you really play fantasy football, you would know that. Keenan Allen is one of the best route runners in football. So you get him in a red zone situation, you're probably going to give up um, points. Uh, some of the people have commented that says that, you know, um, guys, you know, the defensive scheme was bad. 
I think at one point they got it together. They were rushing with three and four people and hitting home and making the, the Chargers offensive line look like what I thought it was. But before we get there, the zone concepts that they were running were just lo- allowing guys like Keenan Allen to run free. And I don't know if this is a Logan Wilson thing. I'm praying that Logan Wilson is fine because he was carted off with a shoulder injury, if you guys missed that. Um, you know, I'm praying that he's going to – I don't know if it's the depth. And Joe Bossy, credit him. He did a good job filling in. I thought he chased down Eckler on a, on a couple of uh, uh, key plays in that game. But I don't know if it's the concepts, just mat- not mirroring it and adapting to who you're playing. Uh their zones weren't condensed enough in the depth of the zones were too far out. I remember it was a third and three and they completed to Mike Williams in the slot or, or Parnum, I think in the slot, that's another big guy that they had. And I hated the fact that they were playing so far off the ball. And I'll just go back to this game. And I just wonder how did they get to this point where they don't talk about how Keenan Allen has to be able to get these zones condensed and, and they didn't adapt to that until they had to. And that's a problem. And I thought that was a big thing uh, coming into this game is that they have to adjust what they're thinking, put a Woozie one-on-one with Keenan Allen. At times they were doing Mike Hilton uh, one-on-one with Keenan Allen, which was gutsy. And Mike Hilton did what he had to do. Um, but it is what it is. I don't have any excuses. We're hoping that the injuries get back uh, from the guys that we saw go down. Because one thing that hasn't happened this season is that we haven't had injuries and they had injuries today. And a lot of teams in the NFL have injuries, but we did, we, we've been fortunate enough to have them uh, go to on the other side. And today we saw one time where they went on the, on, on the opposite and they, they didn't work in our favor. And I'm really upset at that. Um, and I hope these guys get a speedy recovery, but they have to be able to adjust. And the next guy up has to be able to say, I'm going to have the same depth as Logan Wilson. I'm still going to be able to make sure that I'm not just giving them free first downs. And I was really upset at that, and I didn't like how that was played throughout. And so some of these defensive concepts have got to get cleaned up. Ooze, I'm doing a live show. So anybody watching this, you got to make sure that you take an account for my voice. And I got my boy in here that just came home. He doesn't know that the Bengals just lost, but we did lose today. T. Higgins had a really good game, I thought. There were a lot of good highlights. I thought after Jesse Bates early on not playing so well, he comes up and makes some really big plays. I'm freestyling the hell out of this because I remember a lot of these different plays in my mind. And um, at the end of the day, the turnovers were really big. Uh, A lot of the different things that I just think that playing a good team, you can't afford to lose or come down 24 points. The same thing that happens to the Browns. It doesn't change the fact that I feel like we're still one of the most dangerous teams in the AFC. Because this three wide receivers going for a thousand yards that hasn't happened since 2008, it's still very much in play. There's still just a couple of uh, TB plays away from, um, you know, from from doing what they got to do to get three guys for a thousand yards. But at the end of the day, none of that stuff matters if you don't win games. The turnovers from Joe Mixon, I think, is the second biggest play of the game because with the game in reach, the game right there for you. Joe Mixon fumbles the football and gives it right to the opposition. They get the ball, they scoop and score. And at that point, it was it was a far-fetched dream to come back from it. But even still, that's the – so it, like anybody that says the offensive line wasn't good enough to win the football game or the backups weren't good enough, 
Look at the game. Look at these two, the big, the three big plays that we're going to highlight. It's the it's the Jamar Chase. You get on the points. You take seven points off the board. You come back, Joe Mixon, with the game within within reach. He fumbles the football, gives them the football back. They get seven points off of it. Then the Joe Burrow uh, interception I'm talking about at the end of that game. Those are three big plays with the line that you're saying isn't good enough to win, but those are all self-inflicted wounds. Credit the coverage on the Joe Burrow interception, but like I'm saying, Jamar Chase is running free. Joe Burrow has a very, very bad habit of not throwing the football away. And I think that right now his mind is not catching up to his knee. His knee is telling him, Joe, you want to improvise and you want to run free and you want to be able to do all of these different things that you always did, but you're not 100% right at it. And so you're standing tall in these pockets because you're not making the moves that you got to move to get out. So then your mind has to click until you get rid of the football. On the fourth down throw, he didn't give up. He didn't pull a Dalton. But I'm going to tell you this. The one thing that he did in that fourth down play is what he should be doing on a lot of these sacks that are taken. So the casual fan is telling me, Zim, they got six sacks on us today. Three out of those sacks are on Joe. And I'm sorry, it's not Joe's fault that we lost. Joe kept us in contention. Joe played with four fingers. It is a pinky way away from putting 400 points in their face. But at the end of the day, Joe has to understand that fourth down throw, how he throws the ball away, right? I mean, he doesn't throw it away. He puts it, he just throws it. And he, and he knows that I don't want to throw an interception, but I'm going to put it out of arm's reach. He has to practice that, and he has to do reps of that in practice. He also needs to practice sliding. As much as I cheer for Joe to take it on, run through them boys. Who cares? We built for this. I'm the, I'm the king of that. If you ever seen my live stream on Sundays, I'm the king of it. I get lit, and I love it. But our future is so much brighter, and we can't afford for Joe to go through these games without sliding. And we don't have we don't have the means to have him be able to think that he can improvise, improvise, improvise. In three of those sacks, he's just standing there thinking that he could somehow squeeze out of there. Maybe we need more rollouts. Maybe we need to get him out in space more. But I'm going to tell you like this. We're still the most dangerous team in the AFC. What other team has balance like this? We saw the Chargers are able to throw, but they can't run in between the tackles. If we can get a team in a game that's close enough, Joe Mixon will run. He will run crazy. Um, the defense did enough to stop a very formidable opponent on offense, so I'm very encouraged by that. I don't think that this one game defines us, but those are the close games, like Trey Hendrickson is saying, that you have to win. And I think it's very telling that they did lose that game. Um, and I don't think – I think people saying sticking up for the offensive line. They just went and did 16 points unanswered. Then they come back and score again. So what game are you watching? The defense kept us in the game, but the offensive line for two quarters didn't allow a pressure. But you're playing with two backup guys in there that hadn't played. That's not an excuse. That's the reality. The excuse is that we lost. I mean, the reality of the game is that we lost. So when you walk out of a game and then you say, like, the guys that they have, they, they get paid too. Um, the offensive line we know is not going to be elite. We have to be able to step up when guys go down and be able to play really, really well when those guys go down. I think after the early jitters and different things, 
they adapted and they came back. The defense did the same thing. Um, and it's unfortunate that the, the games didn't go the way that we wanted them to go. Jonah Williams, early on, I know that that play early on was on him. That was in the first quarter. Um, but the offense, offensive line wasn't terrible. The offensive line was terrible when you don't – like we drove the whole entire field in the fourth quarter to go put you – to tie a football game up. Healthy pocket, Joe throws an interception. How did you get there? Versus watching Justin Herbert going into drop back settings on third down where you know he didn't stand a chance. That wasn't the same thing for us. And I just hate the fact that on the stat sheet, it was six penalties. I mean, it was six sacks. I hate the fact that they gave up those penalties early. It's not about who was right, who was wrong. At the end of the day, the Bengals lost the football. With the healthy team and more, um, they battled hard, guys. Like, I hate that we lost that game. I hate that we lost that game because it gives the people that have other agendas or other Bengals fake fans that want it to be something that it's not, it gives them a narrative to run with. So I hate that he throws the two picks. The one pick is Jamar Chase dropping the football and giving it to the other guy. The other pick is warranted. But I hate that they get to walk away from the game and tell you that that's an interception on Joe Burrow. I hate the fact that it's six uh, sacks on the stat sheet. And that's why I, I guess I just harped on that a lot. I hate that because it gives people with hidden agendas that don't really want to win a reason to say this is the reason why they're losing. The reason why you lost is the Jamar Chase drop, the Joe Mixon giveaway, the communication from the center and the right tackle that you had to run out there. Those are the realities of the game that you weren't able to beat. But people get to walk away and walk with their own agenda, and I hate that. Because the Bengals could have won this game. And you like to see them win close games like that against a formidable opponent with a healthy offense that has all that are running on all cylinders. So I look for the Bengals to come back next week, come back and, and, and do what they got to do. But I'm going to tell you, the 49ers game is not a game that I was looking forward to because their running attack is not a running attack that many teams know how to do. Um, I mean, know how to, to fight through. They're going to attack the perimeters. So with no Logan Wilson, no Marcus Bailey, I feel like the Bengals are in trouble in that game. I don't like the running attack that they're going to throw at us. The, our only hope is probably D, Debo Samuel being out. You know, um, you know, I hate it that these guys get to say these things and they didn't watch the game. The Bengals fought so hard. A lot of teams would have never came back from 24 to nothing. We were 24-22, could have been 24-24 with the field uh, two-point uh, conversion. Uh, like my guy said right there, Pratt balled out today. Bates balled out in the second half of that game. Hendrickson balled out. Hubbard played pretty pretty decent. I thought he had some good plays, some good reps. There were a lot of good highlights. Tyler Boyd played really good. T. Higgins is who I thought he was. A whole lot of orange. Make sure you check me out, zimhuday.com, if you get a chance. Whole lot of orange shirts still up. We're still the most dynamic team in the AFC that can run and can pass. The Chiefs don't want to run. The Bills don't want to run. The Titans can't run because they don't have the guys that they want to run with. They have Hillier and another guy. But it is what it is. You're going to lose some games. But I want you to not go astray and know and run away from the facts that the Bengals are here. And this is not going away, and I'm not going away easy. This is the Orange is the New Black podcast. I'm sorry that you are down on the team right now, but they need all the energy from the family, 
to see, I mean, from the Bengals family to see because the friends and the families of the players and the players who come to all of my lives, that watch all of my tweets, that text me, that I'm in the group chats, they need to not have doubt in their minds. The same doubts that you guys are having in some of these comments that I'm seeing, it can't be present if you ever have dreams and aspirations of winning the Super Bowl. People telling me about the offseason, this ain't the time for the offseason. It has never been a time better than the AFC being wide open. If you don't see the window of opportunity right now, you are lost. You will never get this opportunity again. With your Steelers down, the Ravens looking like trash, you beat the brakes off of them. The Chiefs not looking like the Chiefs. The Broncos, okay, pretty good defense. The AFC is wide open. How many times are you going to get that? So don't tell me about the offseason. Don't tell me about what you think they need to do in the offseason. Tell me about what they you think they need to do in the future. We're right here. And the time is now. Is it the greatest team you've ever seen? No, but they're seven and five and in the thick of it. Get your head out your ass and come play football with us. Because the rest of the orange, the real orange, we're ready to play. We put our blood, sweat, and our pinky into this. Don't you want to away from this now. The time is now to win. I can't I can't give up now. That's coochie talk. If you ever had a dream of the Bengals winning anything or a playoff game at the very least, this is the time to go get it. You're only one pinky away. Who then?